Welcome to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Chris Levine, and I am genuinely happy that you are here with us. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the psychology behind why we are often very, very drawn to conspiracy theories. And this is everywhere. Uh, Talk about pop culture, forget about it. It's all over pop culture from Paul McCartney being a deceased walrus to Stanley Kubrick secretly telling us in clues that he may just have staged the moon landing in The Shining. Conspiracy theories have been a fertile breeding ground in popular culture. And we can keep going from who killed Kennedy to the Illuminati, to the fact that Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, Robert Johnson, Brian Jones, Kurt Cobain, and many, many others all died at the mysterious age of 27. Why are we drawn to this stuff? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's start here. Uh, Healthline.com takes a swing at this. It says there that certain life experiences and personality traits make people more likely to buy into fraudulent claims. Here's what the data and the experts say about factors that contribute to unproven or disproven narratives. One reason, people sometimes believe that they benefit somehow from the conspiracy theory. Another possibility, they wanna feel smart. The article states that having information or knowledge that's just kind of like special information that no one else has can naturally make us feel unique. And who doesn't wanna feel unique? you have a sense that you're elevated above other people because you know something they might know. It's the idea of I'm in the know and you are not in the know. Now, sometimes there's humor in all of this. Like for example, when Adam Horowitz of the Beastie Boys once said that you have to consume Fig Newtons with either milk or an alternative milk product because it's a conspiracy within the dairy industry. I like that. But you know, others, they can get pretty intense. Uh, According to Scientific American, a conspiratorial perspective is the idea that people or groups are colluding in hidden ways to produce a particular outcome. In fact, there's something called the Conspiracy Theory Handbook. It identifies seven characteristics of conspiratorial thinking. Here they are. Number one, simultaneously holding contradictory beliefs. Number two, extreme levels of suspicion. Number three, presume nefarious intent of the suspected conspirators. Number four is a belief that there's still something wrong, even if ideas about the conspiracy turn out to be wrong. Number five is if we see ourselves as a persecuted victim, we may look for a conspiracy. Number six is any new contrary evidence that comes along is reframed so that somehow it looks like it still supports the conspiracy theory. And number seven, every event is taken as having a specific meaning rather than possibly just being random. The website Mental Health at Home also talked about this, and and they talked about what's called illusory 
pattern perception. Now, this is super interesting. See, our brains like to find patterns. It makes sense to us when we see a pattern in something. But our brains aren't that good at differentiating random sequences from actual patterns. For example, tossing a coin repeatedly might produce results that don't look random. Let's say you, 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 you flip a coin twice and it's heads, and then you flip a coin twice again and it's tails both times. Well, then you must assume that the next time you do it, number five has got to be the first one again, but not necessarily. It just looks like a pattern. It's still random. Uh, illusory pattern perception occurs when we perceive that meaningful patterns that aren't actually there and then what we do with these things is, is we assume that we can predict the future based on the patterns that we've just created in our heads. Habitual gamblers have a tendency to do this a lot. High impact things, threatening social events, they may make people more likely to look for patterns. Uh, the less in order a situation feels, the more likely that people will try to find order where there is none because we're looking for it. It's a natural thing for us to, to have this illusory pattern perception. We want a pattern because it makes sense to us. A study published in the European Journal of Psychology concluded that illusory pattern perception is an important cognitive factor involved in conspiracy theories. See, the study found that the tendency to find patterns within randomness is taking place here. Uh, seeing patterns that aren't really there in a lot of chaos is a lot of times a big part of conspiracy theories. And it's called here in the article, a predictor of irrational beliefs. But let's be balanced here too. I wouldn't doubt if some of the things described as conspiracies actually are true. Uh, when it comes to this, I can honestly say that I'm not either a skeptic or a believer. I mean, honestly, how am I supposed to know? Uh, are the Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster sightings fake? I don't know. Are our cell phones like mini microwave ovens that shoot radiation into us and are they slowly killing us? Does Bohemian Grove exist for real? I don't know. I, I don't know if Francis Bacon and William Shakespeare are the same person. I don't even know if the actor Hunts Hall from the old Dead End Kids movie and Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick are the same person. I mean, they look exactly like they are, but how should I know? I guess where I thought we might take this whole thing is here. When we become overly distracted by conspiracy theories, or if they envelop us to such an extent that they become our sole focal point in life, this is a little different than just a passing interest. There really isn't a right or a wrong in our discussion today. We're not accusing anyone of anything or judging anyone for this, but think of it this way. Time is such a precious commodity. We can focus on things that legitimately affect us and, and help us to, to get better and to grow, or we could spend that time being distracted by things that may or may not be true and don't truly affect our lives in any way. Now, don't get me wrong. Distraction at times can be a good thing. 
a really good thing. We need to pull off the highway of life during our long trips just to stretch a little bit. But some take conspiracy theories to levels that are really just intense. And often the sources that fuel the passion aren't reliable. The BBC, in an article, touches on this. It states, people who believe conspiracy theories often say, hey, I did the research. The problem is, is that their research tends to consist of watching fringe YouTube videos, uh, following random people on Facebook, and cherry-picking evidence from biased Twitter accounts. Conspiracy theories typically justify themselves because what they do is they focus on the gaps or ambiguities in knowledge. And then what happens is there's an arguing that the true explanation for this must be a conspiracy. But sometimes, if you just analyze something with actual provable data, it changes things. For example, one physicist estimated the time it would take for a conspiracy to be exposed based on the number of people involved. This is kind of interesting. Using this principle, notice what he estimated. He said, for example, a moon landing hoax would require the involvement of 411,000 people and would normally be exposed within 3.7 years. Climate change fraud, if this was a conspiracy, well, this would require up to 405,000 people, in which case it would also be exposed within 3.7 years. And then sometimes people say that certain diseases, there's suppression to cure them. For example, a conspiracy to suppress a cure for cancer would require 714,000 people and would be exposed within three years. But isn't it true that we sometimes want these theories to be true? Uh, why is that? Well, I remember, for example, being a kid, I say a kid, I, I was in my late teens, maybe. And I was in Los Angeles, and I went to a Laker game. And it was the same night that the riots broke out over the Rodney King verdict. The game was against the Portland Trailblazers. I remember it went into double overtime. So it got later and later. And the forum, this is pre-Staples Center, the forum didn't want to create a panic. So they didn't say anything. They didn't mention, you know, that little news factoid that everything outside the arena was on fire. And of course, this was way before smartphones. So news alerts, internet, texts, these things were non-existent. So we just happily watched a really good game, knowing nothing. Then when we exited the arena, the police told all cars that were leaving the parking lots, essentially, we don't care which way you intend to drive out of here, you're going this way, because full-scale riots were happening in the other direction. Now, I bring this up for a reason. If I went to a game that went into double overtime, that would have been a nice memory. I probably would have remembered it, maybe. But those external circumstances made it impossible for me to forget it. Now there's kind of a mystique about that night for me. When I tell the story, how less interesting would it have been if the extenuating circumstances weren't a part of it? 
Well, conspiracy theories, they kind of do the same in principle. It takes something that's generally basic, but it gives it a storyline. And that storyline is what hooks us. That's what we want to believe because often the storyline is the most interesting aspect of anything that we've heard about that subject. Would we, in the United States, for example, know that the Loch Ness body of water and the Scottish Highlands existed, if not for Nessie? Or how about this? People take tours, not far from me, of where President Kennedy was shot in Dallas. I've done this too. And, and when you do this, there's all the talk at the landmarks, the debate as to who killed him and how it was either possible or impossible for him to have died in the way it was reported. Would crowds of people tour this little grassy knoll in this little area of Dallas if not for the conspiracy theories surrounding that sad event? See, mystery is intriguing. It just is. And psychologically, this is a pull for us, especially if we're inquisitive people, and that's okay. Maybe a good way to be balanced and to close this one out would be just to kind of take everything with a grain of salt. You know, let's have a little laugh at the expense of both directions. That way we can be balanced and, and be reasonable, whether we believe in a conspiracy theory or whether we don't. So you ready? Buckle your seatbelts. Here goes. I suggest you mentally prepare yourselves for the ensuing hilarity that's about to happen. So let me ask you this. How many conspiracy theorists does it take to change a light bulb? The real question is, who broke the light bulb? And why are they keeping us in the dark? And hey, what did the bird say to the conspiracy theorist? Nothing, because birds aren't real. <laughs> or mommy, mommy, I want to grow up to be a conspiracy theorist. Oh yeah, kid? Prove it. One more for the road. You know, my wife tells me that my conspiracy theory obsession is getting out of control. I wonder how much the government paid her to say that. We have once again arrived at the time on this wacky refresher show when we present you with a Spotify playlist that will keep the entertainment floating down the lazy river of summer. We have for you this time around a refresher podcast conspiracy theories imagination at work playlist really easy to find just go to spotify type in refresher podcast dash conspiracy theories imagination at work and this will appear what songs are on it this time around well track one is not really a song but it really is a cool way to start the playlist it fits our theme perfectly it's this little thing on the axis bold as love album by the Jimi hendrix experience it's the very first track it's called exp and it sets the tone perfectly so we're starting out with exp by the Jimi hendrix experience number two chemtrails by beck number three man at c and a by the specials uh roddy radiation from that band granted me an interview years ago and i always appreciated that uh, number four Something in the Air by Thunderclap Newman. If you do a little research on them, you'll, you'll note uh, Pete Townsend was involved with that group. 
Number five is Confused by Spandau Ballet. Number six is Questions by Bang. Number seven is Government Center by The Modern Lovers. Number eight is Conspiracy by The Rentals. And number nine is Over and Over by the MC5. I've got a funny story here for this. I had met a lady who was a representative of the drummer of the MC5. Uh, his name is Dennis Thompson. And through her, I sent in interview questions in advance. I, I, I requested the interview with Mr. Thompson. I got it, but needed to see the questions ahead of time. So I sent them ahead of time. Well, she wrote me back and, and she said that the questions, which by the way, I spent a lot of time on. I mean, this is the MC5, right? I was told the questions weren't right and to send new ones. <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't really like that. And, and I was hurt slash mad. So I have to admit, I got a little cheeky and I sent these questions back. Now, keep in mind, this dude was the drummer in the killer aggressive MC5. Anyway, I found these in an old email. I dug them up. I dug them up, and here they are. Mr. Thompson, do you think you'll ever consider auditioning for Dancing with the Stars? Have you ever considered abandoning the music that you're known for to embark on a career in smooth jazz? If you could fly like Superman, where would you go? And what would you eat? Let's say proverbially that right now you're on a red carpet. Who are you wearing? How many tacos could you wolf down in one sitting if motivated by peer pressure or political upheaval? Have you ever ordered a drink with an umbrella in it? Do you believe in Jesus, specifically Jesus Perez Miranda, the soccer player? Do you think that Jimi Hendrix played the guitar? If Disney asked, would you be okay with them using Kick Out the Jams if the vocals were sung by Donald Duck in an animated film involving going to the beach? And finally, how do you like your steak? Would you eat it in a way you didn't prefer it if you knew it was going to start a revolution? Long story, sort of short, Interview never happened, <laughs> but at least I got a nice story out of it. Anyway, number nine is Over and Over by the MC5. Number 10, Fingerprint File by the Rolling Stones from their It's Only Rock and Roll record. To me, this is the coolest deep track ever by the Rolling Stones, just in my, my opinion. Two words, rhythm section, unbelievably cool. And it's about getting spied on by the government, so it fits in well here on this list, too. So you can find this list really easily on Spotify. Again, just type in Refresher Podcast dash Conspiracy Theories Imagination at Work Playlist. You know, there's, there's something that's been happening quite a bit, and that is that we've been getting new listeners in different places. And I'm trying to make a point of not leaving anybody out, so let's keep going this week. We always love to announce when new places pick up on us. This time around, we have new listeners in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 
in Camarillo, California, which was a hop, skip, and a jump of where I was raised, and in Patterson, New Jersey. So welcome, everybody, to Refresher. Uh, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help keep this place stay up and running on your dial, if you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. You just have to see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be great. But as I always say, whether you do or whether you don't, just feel free to listen and enjoy this show anytime you want to. It's it's all yours. Uh, there is no obligation whatsoever for you to enjoy it. Uh, as always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is the band Dive. And the song that it's taken from is A Day Late, which was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everybody, please take care and do yourselves a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. Next week, we're going to talk about memory. Interesting stuff. We'll see you next time.